0: Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministry Eric Johnson and published by Harvest House Publishers is a resource that will help you share your faith with Latter-day Saint friends and loved ones. Order your copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons at MRM.org.
1: What would you experience if you were to go through an LDS temple open house? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. In yesterday's show, we were talking about how temples are very important to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. These are, in fact, unique buildings. They do not really worship as we would probably define it in temples. They might argue with that, but they're not open on Sunday. They are a place where people go to learn and to learn not only secret handshakes called tokens that they think are going to be necessary when angelic sentinels block their way towards their celestial exaltation, but they also have to learn key words. And these passwords, if you will. And I know Latter-day Saints might get offended for me using a word like that, but I don't know how to describe it, because they will be asked certain things after they die, if they hope to get into the celestial kingdom. Brigham Young talked about this openly, although he didn't mention specifically what they are saying. But They are very special buildings to Latter-day Saints, and as we were talking about yesterday, some Christians wonder, if I have an opportunity to go through one of these buildings while it's open briefly to the public, should I take advantage of that? And as I mentioned, I think you probably should. I think it would open the door to have a conversation with your LDS acquaintance. It will allow you to ask some questions about some of the things you saw, some of the things you didn't see even. Of course, you might not know what are the things that you didn't see. Uh, But still, I think it would be conducive to a conversation on this. But don't expect the Latter-day Saint to give you a lot of details as to what they do specifically in those buildings.
2: I think you're gonna find what makes it so attractive. This building is beautiful. It's well done. Uh, workmanship is at its finest. Uh, as you walk through, you could be praying. Uh, I oftentimes will pray. i love to pray in the celestial room, and oftentimes they'll let you stay there for three or four minutes and just be quiet. while well, I'm praying the entire time because I know that there are going to be many people here who are looking for a spiritual experience, and I'm just asking for mercy from God for the people that will be in that room. But do yourself a favor. Notice things on the walls, because there are a lot of paintings and other things that are found on the wall. And I always like to ask uh, church groups, when they go through, what do they think they're going to find more of, uh, portraits of Joseph Smith or portraits of Jesus? About 90% of the time, they will all say Joseph Smith. Actually, it's about eight to one Jesus. For every one of Joseph Smith, there are going to be eight portraits of Jesus doing different things. I think that shocks a lot of people because they think the whole religion is certainly built on Joseph Smith, certainly they're going to portray that. But this is a church that is claiming Jesus as their Savior, and whether they Replace those paintings later or not, I'm not sure, but when you go through as a Christian, you go, wow, look at all of these portraits of Jesus, and the name of Jesus is in the church's name. I think maybe this is a Christian denomination, so to speak. Well, that would be a false impression, but I think that's purposely being done.
1: That's an interesting thing to think about, Eric, because I, I recall back in 1993 when we had our outreach at the San Diego Temple, I do remember pictures of Joseph Smith, paintings of Joseph Smith. But there were quite a few pictures of Jesus They were usually the, the pictures that we've seen on LDS websites and in the visitor centers and things like that. But they do want to emphasize, especially in recent years, their belief in Jesus. Now, of course, that opens a whole conversation there. Explain to me who your Jesus is. What does he do for you? Tell me about him. Is he the same Jesus that the New Testament talks about, or is the similarity maybe in the name that they share and maybe some historical events? Because there's much more to the theology of Jesus that I think needs to be taken into account when we talk with Latter-day Saints. Okay, we're going through the temple. Recently, I went through the Saratoga Springs Temple. Now, it's interesting. Saratoga Springs is a part of Utah. When I moved here, that was all vacant lot. There was nothing out there but a few scattered houses. And now this place is just built up like crazy.
2: And you need to understand that the church loves to build in places where residents are going to be built all the way around. And I know for a fact that the land that is given for the temple is donated by the builder. The builder can charge 50000 to to 100000 more just to buy a home that's within view of that temple. And so Saratoga Springs still hasn't been built up, but the home's going down the street to the temple, and surrounding the temple are all built, but they've got lots that have to be built here in the next few years. Again, the builder is fine having this temple there, and if you're going to buy there, you have to realize that you're going to have a temple with its lights on late into the night that you're going to have to use blinds to keep that light from uh, keeping you up at night. But uh, many Latter-day Saints—I know for a fact at Saratoga Springs, I went door-to-door and I talked to a number of people, and most of them were there because they were temple workers or they were people who wanted to visit the temple regularly. They could walk to the temple. So that's an advantage of buying a home in that area.
1: Now, you were at the Saratoga Springs Temple with one of our board members, Mark Shreves, and also Trevor Wolf. Trevor went with us last summer to visit a number of historical sites. He works with Haven Ministries out of Colorado, and you were positioned where people had to drive past you And you had a sign that we use, the sacredorsecret.com, which, as you mentioned yesterday, is an expression that we hear a lot because Latter-day Saints insist that their ceremony or what they do inside those buildings is not secret, it's sacred. And you you correctly said it's both. Certainly, the ceremony is sacred to Latter-day Saints, but it's also secret as well because they're not allowed to talk about some of the things that they do inside this building. You had some great conversations with people, and we want to talk about that a little bit later on. But I want to talk about what a person can experience if they go through one of these open houses.
2: First thing they're going to do is be ushered into a main room to wait to go into a side room to be able to watch a video. And that video tells you a little bit about what's going to go on, though. It's a general video that they use at all temples, but they will insert some pictures from that current temple that you are going to be walking through, and they're going to tell you a little bit about some of the rooms you'll visit.
1: Now, I went there for the purpose of showing three of our young interns at the church where I attend. We have summer interns come from a a Bible college in Oregon, and I get the honor of educating them on the LDS culture that we face living here in Utah. And since that temple was open, I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk to them about it by letting them experience it as well. And so you're right. We went into this big room and there were a number of LDS families. Now, I purposely, I don't dress up. I don't dress extremely casual. I'm not going to wear, for instance, silkscreen shirts that have Christian messages on that. I'm not going to do that. But I I do dress fairly well, but I want to be noticed as not being one of them. Hopefully someone will come up to me, maybe because of the way I'm dressed. And so most of the Latter-day Saints, however, they are dressed. They are dressed up. This is a very big deal to them. And so We are watching this video, and you're right, it's basically the same as I've seen in a number of other temples. I've been to over 20, and I know you've been to way more than that. And there's one section in it, though, that always bothers me, and they've had this in this video ever since I can recall going to the Rexburg Temple many years ago. That was the first time I saw it. And this is a clip of Mormon Apostle Jeffrey R. Holland talking about what heaven would be like or would not be like if he was not to be with his family. And you have to remember, folks, temples are all about joining the families together in the hereafter. You can't even be joined to your family unless you have gone through the temple endowment ceremony and married for time and eternity. So there's a lot of requirements in order for a Latter-day Saint to have that uh, take place in their hereafter. But what does he say, and why was I so offended when I first heard this? And I'm still offended when I hear Jeffrey Holland say this. It's a, it's a short little clip, but what does he say in that clip?
2: And he gave this probably 15, 17 years ago, so it's a while back. It's a much younger Jeffrey Holland. He says, I don't know how to speak about heaven in the traditional, lovely, paradisiacal beauty that we speak of heaven. I wouldn't know how to speak of heaven without my wife my children. It would, it would not be heaven for me. That bothers me. Now I know most
1: Latter-day Saints sitting in the room probably would be thinking, oh, he just is such a family man. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. I'm not taken away from that. I love my wife. I love my kids. There'd be nothing I would like more than to know that all my family is in heaven. But I don't think that would be what my heaven is all about, as much as I would like to see them there. And I believe they will be because they all are believers. But Jeffrey Holland is talking about something very different than what we would be talking about. When you ask most Christians, what is it you're looking forward to after you die? Most evangelicals are going to be quick to say, I want to be with my Savior. I want to be with the one who gave his life for my sins, because there's a love relationship there that cannot be denied. Jesus wasn't mentioned by Jeffrey Holland in that clip.
2: No, he wasn't. And after that video, you're going to be escorted then to go to the front door of the temple. They're going to put plastic booties on your feet, uh, over your shoes, so that you don't mar the carpet, and I understand that, so that's not a problem. And then you walk in, and the first thing you're going to see is a temple recommend desk, where people will show their temple recommends to be able to be admitted into the temple. And the next place you're going to go on every single temple is you're going to go to the baptismal font, where baptisms for the dead take place. It looks like a jacuzzi on the back of twelve an oxen, supposedly what was being done in the New Testament time. And then, well, we should, you know, well, well,
1: well, let me talk about that for a minute, Eric, because if Latter-day Saints believe that there was a font similar to this in the temple in Herod's temple during the time of Christ, they're mistaken because that font, though it is described in the Old Testament, was destroyed by the Chaldeans when Jerusalem was sacked because we read in 2nd Kings in the last chapter how the Chaldeans had actually broken that edifice into pieces and carried the bronze off to Babylon. So there wasn't even an edifice like that for much of Jewish history. They replaced it later in Zerubbabel's temple with a laver. And though Latter-day Saints are led to believe that this is where you are baptized on behalf of your dead, that font was not used for anything like that in Solomon's temple. It was for the ceremonial washing of the officiating priests. They didn't have baptisms for the dead in the temple, either in the Old or the New Testament. So if Latter-day Saints are assuming that this is a restoration of the way it was done anciently during the time of Christ, they are very mistaken, because that just did not happen. But there's a lot of aspects about the Temple Endowment Ceremony that are not historical. They go back to Joseph Smith and what he introduces. It's not something that early Christians practice during the time of Christ or even after the time of Christ.